What's up, guys? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif. And if you're a first-time listener, this podcast focuses on lifestyle, manifestation, travel, and lately a lot about entrepreneurship. Today we have on Jenna Black, and she is the founder of Abundant Boss, and she's a total money queen. She's a coach that really helps women empower themselves to step into true abundance, which is something I absolutely need help with. I just started my own business called Rife Media, and under that I operate Yoga Girl Next Door, which is my yoga brand and this podcast, in my non-expert opinion. As it becomes more real, my money blocks become more real. So I go through a lot of imposter syndrome, things like, who am I to charge that? Why would anyone pay me when they could just Google it? Um, Success will change me. I won't be the same person that I was. And then no one will want to hang out with me or be with me. And I'll just lose all my friends. Lots of weird things that come up that I didn't think would happen when I started a business. And I needed to talk to Jenna, who actually works on this full time for her own business. This is what she helps people with is getting over these specific blocks. So we get into everything around money mindset, what these specific blocks are. We go through a few scenarios, how you can get over them, the importance of investing in yourself and so much more. This is a really, really valuable conversation. I know a lot of people right now are starting side hustles or they're thinking of launching something or they're working on a passion project. Even if you're not monetizing something, I think it's really important to think about money outside of a side project. So even at work, negotiating your salary, if you go to a salon and you don't get what you want when you got your hair done and paid a shit ton of money for it, how are you going to make sure that you energetically feel good about that exchange? There's a lot of money tips you can learn from this podcast outside of, again, just monetizing your own little side hustles or hobbies. Usually in the beginning of the podcast, I do Australia updates, and this week my updates are that there are no updates. (laughs) There's really nothing major to report because we are still in isolation. I'm in Western Australia in Broome, and we just got updates that were in basically phase two of restrictions, and phase three will come in another six to eight weeks. So I have a lot of downtime right now. I'm an au pair part-time, so I'm just watching kids for a little bit, and then the rest of my time, I'm completely hands-on on all my businesses. So that is the update. I have an official LLC. That's exciting. And I'm offering online yoga and meditation classes. I'm also doing a ton of workshops over the next few weeks around meditation, journaling, breathing, gratitude. There's also a ton of resources that I have in my Facebook group called Beginner Yoga and Meditation by Yoga Girl Next Door. So if you're interested in that, please DM me or shoot me an email. I'm happy to add you to that. And I want people to be a part of this community because it's something we need right now. We need normalcy, routine, wellness, structure, accountability, community. I really miss my studios that I used to go to and I do love at-home workouts, but these classes are what make me feel like I'm not so alone in all this. So I would love for you guys to join us if you can. And again, just shoot me a DM at yoga girl next door. And I'm happy to have you in that community. I would say a big update that I have is investing a lot of time into myself and my capabilities. I might do another yoga training around yin yoga, which is very restorative and relaxing or Matt Pilates. I have found that I really love it. I thought I hated Matt Pilates and I am biggest fan now. I love Melissa Wood Health. I love a studio that I used to go to in Sydney called MIA Studios. And every time I do it, I just feel so strong. 
And I realized I like mixing Pilates and yoga, so why not do both? So that's just a fun little personal update in terms of investing in myself. But something that I've been also doing in the beginning of the last few podcasts is offering mindset tips. And I think it's really important to focus on our mindset, not only right now, but when you get out of quarantine, because I don't know about you guys, but all the habits that I've developed now, I would very much like to keep going out of quarantine. I've developed some really solid, healthy habits, not only around self-care, but for my mindset, around eating, around exercise, and I don't want to lose that. And I do think everything starts with your mindset. So my mindset tip is just starting. So just starting something. This does not have to do specifically with anything like a project or a side hustle. This could be a workout program that you've been wanting to start. Maybe it's an online course that you've been wanting to do. Maybe it's launching something that's just been sitting in your back pocket. I have not experienced this more than I have now around just starting and adjusting. If you wait, that's just another day, another week, another year that you're going to look back and say, wow, I really wish I had started during all that time in quarantine when we were, you know, working from home for 12 plus weeks. I really wish I started that. I hear that all the time. Even right now, a lot of us had little channels or something back in the day in college or maybe a few years ago that we totally stopped and we're kind of kicking ourselves like, dang, I really wish I would have just kept that up. And I wish I would have just started back then right when I had the opportunity. Now is your opportunity. Okay. If you are waiting for a sign, this is it. There is not going to be a better time than the present. And I know I sound like a total Pinterest quote right now, but that's because I'm living it. And I'll give you an example. About a month ago, I started doing online yoga classes. I was terrified to do them because first of all, just the technical side of things, getting everything up and running, making sure people could hear me. Would, would I be able to even teach that many people around the world? Like who is going to show up? What should I charge? How could I record this video? I mean, there were 50 billion reasons why I shouldn't do it. And, you know, just let everyone go to the other classes that they go to, go to their local studios, find some free IG live workouts, hit up YouTube. There were literally a million reasons I could think of not to do it. But I knew personally how much online classes were helping me. And I know how much I focus on beginner yoga that maybe I could help other people. So I just started the first week. And I've been doing it for four weeks now. And I've literally changed my offerings and structure like every single week. I would have not known to do that had I not started. So you might think, oh, I need the best designer. I need the best videographer. I need the best website. I need the best social media. I need to have an accountant. I need to have the best lawyer. I like everything you can think of. Those are all things I thought too. Okay. I'm telling you this as someone who is two steps ahead of you. And by that, I mean, literally a month ahead of launching something. And I'm learning now you will not figure out what you need until you start, right? How would I know how to structure my offerings if I didn't even have anyone to offer it to? How would I know what to charge people if I didn't get feedback from people that were coming and giving me feedback on pricing? How would I know how to structure my, my actual classes if I didn't have people telling me what they liked and didn't like about classes because I didn't start them. I would never know any of that had I not started. So you have to start. If you wait, I'm telling you, you are going to look back in five years and be like, dang, I really wish in 2020 I would have just started that one thing. And again, I'm speaking specifically about my yoga offerings, 
but it, it could be a totally different thing. Maybe it's a certification. Maybe it's, a, again, just a specific a language you wanted to learn. You are going to look back and say, I really wish I would have just started it because I would have been ahead by now. Every day that you wait is another day behind that you are. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it sounded like it made sense. So I'm keeping it in. <laughs> so every day that you're just waiting, that's just like taking directly out of your bank of life saying, oh, well, I guess I'll just throw another day and, and start tomorrow. That is old thinking. And in order to change and, and step into new thinking, you have to do something different. So I would highly recommend just starting. It will not be perfect. It's never perfect. I heard a quote, I think I said it last, last podcast. If you're not embarrassed by your first product, you started too late. That could not be more true for my own podcast. I have changed the logo. I changed the brand. I changed how I structure the interviews. I changed the whole style of the podcast. I mean, even in the last few months, if any of you have listened, in the last year, I changed how I operate this. I never used to do updates in the beginning. I used to jump right in. I never used to do intros. I never used to do certain types of interviews with people, and now I do. So there's just a, a lot that you never know until you start. And I think where people get caught up is feeling overwhelmed, especially if you're trying to monetize something. And something that's really helped me is working backwards. So if you're like, well, I don't know what to charge. I don't know where to start. Like, how am I going to get this out there to a million people? You don't need a million people. Here's an example. If I wanted to make $1,000 from teaching yoga, what would I need to charge per person to get there? Let's say I charge $20 per person. In order to get $1,000 charging $20 a person, I would need 66 people. 66 I don't know about you guys, but trying to get 66 people seems a lot easier than 6,000 or 600,000 or 6 million people. You do not need that huge of an audience to start out. You literally need like less than a hundred people and all of us can go to our networks. Think of where you grew up. What schools did you go to? What programs did you participate in? Did you go to camps? Did you study abroad? Were you in a sorority? What about your old coworkers? What about that one weird gig that you had one time? What about that group of people you met on vacation? These are all networks that you need to start tapping into if you are someone that is launching a business or a product, and that's something I'm learning right now. Again, the overarching theme here is to start and just know that your audience does not need to be that big. So I would love to help you guys out if you are struggling with this, because like I said, I feel like I'm going through it too. I'm just two steps ahead, but it is so, so important to get out of your own head and just go. Get out of your head and just go. If you wait, again, you're just wasting time. I actually just watched this show and he said, if you're not creating, you're just waiting. Or if you're waiting, you're not creating. Something like that, it sounded a lot better, but it's so true. Like if you're waiting, that's just someone else taking the opportunity that you didn't take. If you're sitting there and someone else is sitting there today wondering, hmm, should I go start that one thing? Let's make it not product or business based. Let's say two of you are sitting here saying, oh, I really wish I could learn Spanish. And someone started today and said, I'm going to take an hour or 30 minutes a day to start Spanish. They'll probably be fluent in a few months where if you keep waiting and waiting and waiting, you're going to look back and say, wow, I really wish in May last year I would have started Spanish. So I think you guys get the hint here. Just start. Okay. If you need help, please DM me at Chelsea Rife or at non-expert opinion pod. I would love to help you. And most importantly, I would love to help you with journaling, which is how I've gotten over a lot of these blocks. I am doing a journaling workshop this week in my Facebook group. There's going to be a replay in the live group. 
excuse me, a replay of the live in the group. But I'm going to be doing a lot of workshops like this. Things like meditation, breathing, gratitude, all these little mindset shifts. These are things that I'll be working on in my Facebook group, as well as on my website, yogagirlnextdoor.com. So again, if you're interested in joining, just shoot me a DM. I think this is the perfect segue into getting into this week's episode about just starting and getting over your own blocks because Jenna is actually the queen of that. So let's dive into this episode with Jenna Black. All right. Welcome to the show, Jenna Black, Money Mindset Mentor. Hi, Chelsea. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about what a Money Mindset Mentor is? Yes. Good question. Well, so I work with women specifically um, around their mindset around wealth. So basically what Money Mindset is, is all of your beliefs and your conditioning and programming around money. Um, so through my work, it's not just looking at money and the beliefs and the actions and the programming that you have around money, but also your self-worth um, and who you are in the world. And I find that those two pieces, when we work work on your self-worth and your money together, they're really those two ingredients that can create so much success for you. So yeah, I work with women around changing their money story, changing their financial destiny and stepping into all of who they are. Yeah, we are going to get into that because I <laughs> am starting my own business right now. And I realize as I get everything set up, I know I'm creative. I know I have the talent. I know I can do it. But the money blocks are insane. Like I actually had mm -hmm. to talk to my mom and I'm like, where is this coming from? It definitely stems from something in the past. So I'm curious about your past. Like, can you tell us a little bit about your childhood and how you grew up? Yeah, definitely. So I live in Australia, if you can tell by my accent. Um, and I grew up in a very, you know, kind of average Australian household in terms of money. We were very much middle class. Um, my mom is a high school teacher, still teaching. She's about to retire this year after 40 years of teaching. Um, and my dad worked on a golf course. So we actually grew up on the side of the golf course, which was really cool. Um, and so I always had a big backyard here, <laughs> a whole golf course size. And my parents were both really hard workers. They're both, um, you know, just always putting in so much hours and, and working physically long hours. And for me, I, particularly around my money, I noticed so many patterns as I was starting to do my own money mindset work from my childhood in terms of the way that I was raised around money, you know, you have to work harder to make more. That's a really common one that we see um, that if you want to put in, you know, if you put in more hours, you will get more back and that money is not for people like us. Right. So that was another thing that was really prevalent in my family growing up was that wealthy people are maybe evil or greedy, um, that we're not destined for that. And that's just the way it is. And so, you know, I had a really amazing childhood in so many ways. I, you know, I had a lot of freedom in terms of, as I said, like growing up on a golf course, running around, you know, lots of play and adventure and outdoor life. Um, and then, you know, moving through into my life now, I definitely struggled a lot with my own money blocks, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, but also I had a lot of self-worth self issues, I should say, growing up. I was very much the shy kind of introverted kid. Um, and really struggled with being me. I always wanted to fit in with other people, you know, and, and try to blend into whoever I was hanging around with. And so that's been a big part of my personal development journey is 
coming back into who I really am. And that's why when I do this work with the women that I work with, it's not just around the money, it's about your self-worth as well, because it really comes back to that. Um, so yeah, I grew up in a very much, you know, a fun, loving, supportive Australian household, but I definitely had my challenges with my personal confidence and also being passed on these money blocks from my parents and my grandparents in terms of working really hard um, and never asking for too much and and all of that. So yeah, that was a little bit more about my background. Yeah. And I'm curious when you have those self-esteem issues and so many money blocks, what career path were you taking in like, what did you do actually before you got into this? Because obviously that's a huge switch in mentality. So I'm curious how Mm. that path from the career you were doing ended up bridging to where you are now. Yeah. So I actually, well, when I left high school, I went to study art history and theory. Um, I wanted to be an art curator. I wanted to have my own gallery. I was very much the artistic, uh, creative kid in school, right? So loved English and writing, loved art class, um, maths was my worst subject, which is funny because now I talk about money. So, um, <laughs> that was really my, I, I really struggled in maths and science and those kind of topics. Um, so I, I left to go to university and study art history and theory. I got my degree and I think within a couple of months of being at art school, I realized it wasn't for me, but typical me at that time, I just kept going with it. Um, and thinking like this must get better and maybe there's something better out there for me. Um, and then I quickly actually found myself freelance writing a lot and I was very interested in giving, you know, um, articles and, and publishing articles for free on different media websites. So I would submit my blogs and, and just like for the love of it really. Um, and I wanted to really improve my writing skills. And so I actually started to pick up a few freelance jobs, um, online and that was kind of like my entry level into the online world. And I first started working for a fashion um, e-commerce blog. And so they ha- there was a fashion blog and I worked for them and I was the content writer there. And then I was made redundant, <laughs> which brought up a lot of money blocks and issues as well around my self-worth and being let go from my job. Um, and this was in my early 20s. And then from then, I then found myself in the fashion industry for many more years. So my background is primarily in the fashion industry. Um, I worked for an incredible menswear label here in Australia, and I really worked with them from the ground up in their business. And it was incredible because I took over the e-commerce aspect of um, their business. I ran their online store. Um, and when I started, we were making maybe you know a few thousand dollars a month in sales. And when I ended, we were turning over over a million in sales for the year for that online store that I was in charge of. So that was really my background was e-commerce. I also ran the social media for them. And I found myself though, and how I came into this work was, you know, I found myself really struggling with my health. I found myself struggling with being burnt out and overworking. And I also just started to really question, like, is this as good as it's going to get? You know, I was happy on the outside, I think. And I typically had that job where I was always traveling and going to parties and, you know, fashion industry is a bit, you know, glamorous on the outside, but actually when you work in it, it's not that at all. Um, It's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of toxic people in that environment as well. And so I was really just going through my own discovery journey in my final years there. And that led me to some health issues. And so I started seeing a naturopath and she really helped me to open up to some deeper issues around my health and why, you know, my mindset around what was going on. 
And where I was struggling outside of, you know, there's always the symptom is, you know, maybe having an upset stomach is the symptom, but really underneath there's something bigger going in, uh, happening. And so I really went on my own journey of healing my own health and and recovering from burnout and um, looking at my ways with, you know, toxic partying and all of that and trying to stop that so much. And through that, that was where I found health coaching. And I was just on Google one day at work, <laughs> secretly just scrolling through Google for things. And um, I came across health coaching and I was just blown away, but that you could actually get paid to do that. And so I immediately signed up for my health coaching certification and that was my first business. So I actually quit my job a year later after I got my certification, literally like the next day after I got certified, I was like, right, I'm just going to walk in there and quit, um, which is a very big move for me, particularly if you had known me at that time. I was very still quite a shy, anxious person. Um, and, yeah, and I quit and I started my first business as a health coach. So that's a little bit about where it brought me. So that was my first business in 2015 and then since then it's obviously evolved to the work that I do now. That's so interesting. There's been about three people on this podcast now that health coaching was their little avenue into starting to coach people. So how did you then? Yeah. It's so interesting. This girl I actually just had on, same thing. She actually was (laughs) having so many issues. She went to a doctor and they straight up told her, if you don't fix your mindset, you are going to die basically because she Mm. was such in a dark place. And they said, your mindset is the number one thing that is going to change Mm. this. And she said the same thing the next day she signed up for a health coaching program and that changed her life. Now she has a book, all this stuff. So that's just interesting to hear now two different Mm. or three different people have that same pathway. Yeah. I think it's it's fascinating because I think health is probably the first place that you look, you know, when you are changing your life. So yeah. So then health coaching happens and obviously that's very different from money mindset coaching. Mm. So how did you then make the switch over to that and why not stay in health coaching? Mm. Well, it was one of those things where I felt, yes, this is the thing for me. I'm, I'm so excited. I've, you know, quit my job day one. Um, and I think within about a month, I realized that I just wasn't feeling connected to the work. It was more of a personal interest for me. But when it came to working with clients, I wasn't being lit up by it. But what I found was really successful was I actually started my own health blog on the side and I was really building a strong social media following and I was building a strong personal brand. And so my health coaching friends that I'd studied with, because you meet so many people going through the course that I went through, they were messaging me all the time saying, Jenna, how are you building this following? How are you building such a strong message? And you know, you seem to be like leaps ahead. And so that was when I naturally started to say, okay, well, how about I work with you in some brand message coaching and personal brand coaching and business coaching in general, because I'd had the background in e-commerce and social media strategy from the fashion industry. I think I just had these skills that I thought were normal, but other people were really struggling. So I started to kind of pivot in my business um, and move under my own name. And that was when I started to do more business coaching. And then that was when I personally was coming up with my own money blocks. So I really noticed, you know, I had a bit of savings before I quit my job (laughs) and that just started to dwindle down, right, in business as I was investing it into different things. And and I realized, okay, I'm really struggling here with charging. We're talking about my prices. I'm struggling with, I had this feast and famine cycle in my business where I'd have this like, successful month. And then the next month I would have like no money coming in and I'd be really nervous about showing up and, and 
selling and all of that. I had so many blocks around selling, around pricing, around um, I just had these patterns of feast and famine and that was when I realised, okay, something is going on internally with my money and that was so new to me. I didn't even know what money mindset meant back then. And so I just went on my own journey as we all do and just started to explore it. Um, and I started to look at, okay, well, what, what are my beliefs around money and what am I, like, how was I raised around money and, and what my parents' beliefs around money and all of this stuff. And I just started to dive into it. I started to use some different tools. I started to journal a lot. I know we can get into all of that in a lot more detail, but as I started to look at my own money mindset journey, then I noticed that money was starting to flow to me in other ways and not just money, but my life in general was starting to upgrade in this abundant way and I was like wow this is really exciting this is really meaningful it's so interesting to see just by doing this work how much can change and I just was really inspired to help other people with it and it felt like the thing it just kind of it all kind of came into place of okay yes I was health coaching and then I did business coaching and then I did this over here and I kind of jumped around a lot <laughs> um, and then when I started doing this and I thought, okay, what if I could help women with this? It just felt like home. It was like, okay, this is the work I'm meant to be doing. Um, and so that was my natural progression. I just, I feel like I pivot, I've pivoted a lot in my business, but when I did that, I've never looked back. So that's how I know that I'm in alignment with what I'm meant to do. And I think that was in 2016 where I made that decision to just really focus more in abundance and money mindset while still business coaching, which is what I still do. But really owning my zone of genius in that and yeah so that's kind of my own experience I've, I've definitely been in a space in my business where I had no money I've been completely broke I fortunately have an amazing husband <laughs> who at the time was supporting me with you know paying the rent some weeks and things like that and I just yeah I was like I never want to come back here and I I don't want other people to go through that you know I really believe that we can all be thriving and abundant and so yeah that's led me to the work that I do now amazing there were so many great points you just brought up and there was one thing i i really want to highlight that you said i had this basic knowledge that i thought everyone knew but people were really struggling and that's something mm. now that i'm running into as i i definitely have imposter syndrome where i'm like who am i to talk about this there's a bajillion resources out there why would anyone come to me and what you just talked about too is zone of genius. People are like, Chelsea, people don't know that. Like, you know that, but not everyone knows that. Mm. And so I'm curious when we have these, what we think are, you know, basic pieces of information, how can we know that that is our zone of genius or people would want to hear that? Like, how did you know that people were struggling and were like, Jenna, you're the one that needs to help us? Well, I think primarily it's about trusting that it feels connected for you if it's something that feels in alignment and what I mean by that is it's like your soul is like yes this is this is important this is something that I love I really deeply believe that we get to create success by doing what we love by being on purpose um, I think for me it was about trusting that trusting that if this is something that I'm passionate about if I'm excited about this if this is something that even if I have a lot of fear, which I definitely did around like, who am I to call myself a money mindset mentor, right? Like, who am I? That imposter syndrome you talk about is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that underneath that, I knew that that was just my fear talking. And then when I really tuned in, 
and ask my soul or my intuition. I just knew that this was something I had to do. Um, And I believe that when we have that resistance, it's usually the thing we most need to do. And it's about trusting that ultimately. And I also think it's so important, like you said, so often we think, oh, well, that's just simple or I know that so surely everyone else does. But people honestly want to learn sometimes the most simple basic things because maybe they don't know that. Maybe it's more an accountability thing as well. That's what I've noticed as well. It's like they kind of know it, but they just need to be around a mentor who is going to hold space for them and remind them of that and bring them back into that because we can fall off path so easily, you know, when we're not, when we're starting on our journeys. So yeah, I think it's about ultimately knowing that only you can do, only you can share your message in a way that is unique to you. Even if, you know, for instance, I'm in the coaching industry, there are so many coaches, right? And Mm -hmm. I hear this a lot from my clients who are coaches too. Well, how am I going to stand out? It's so saturated. I've got imposter syndrome. Look at these people who are like a million steps ahead of me. And I have to remind them that only you can do this in a way that is unique to you and your community, your soul family, your clients that will just resonate with you, resonate with you when you are just yourself. And there is something about the way that you teach or you speak or you communicate and deliver your information or just your energy that you're in that is so magnetic to those people. Um, And also I think when we look at what other people have and we get that imposter syndrome, I just always remind myself that they may be living a life that looks like something that I would want, but actually it's not because it's theirs, right? That's their own vision. That's their own desires. And we have to come back into what we desire and to, and really connect back into our why is important as well. Like, why are we doing this work? What's important for us? What's the vision that we're here to create? And I think that often what we, what we do is we're looking outside of us for the answers. And it's really, this process is all about self-trust and coming back in and shutting out the outside world for a while and, you know, understanding that even the most basic things that might seem basic to others and that come easy to you are actually the things you're meant to be doing. So I find some days I'm, you know, when I'm teaching or when I'm coaching, I'm like, oh, I've said this a million times, right? My message is quite consistent, but I know that it's always reaching new people. I know that it's reaching even the same people in a different way. And so it's about really honoring that and owning that that is powerful and that our work is important, really. (laughs) Yeah, people want it packaged up Mm. and just following along in a step-by-step system and that accountability. Mm. I mean, it's why people pay personal trainers versus just looking up a free workout on YouTube or they, you know, hire a coach like you instead of just Googling and Pinteresting and doing whatever else because Mm. they need that level of accountability from someone that's been there before. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's so much free content and we can definitely learn and you know, have a personal development journey without mentors and coaches, but then, yeah, you're buying into the accountability, you're buying into the energy of that person. Um, They're holding space for you and you're probably going to increase and up-level faster than if you did it by yourself. Right. And if you're like me, you get really overwhelmed where as soon as I Google one thing, five things pop up Mm -hmm. that I didn't think about. And then those five things turn to 20 things. And I'm like, ah, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So I agree. But there are actually two words you just use. And I realized because I'm in this space so much, like I'm following entrepreneurs, I follow business coaches. This is something I'm actively talking about on social. 
I'm more familiar with the terminology, but a lot of my listeners are just diving into this space. So mm. I've realized there's just verbiage we use that people are like, what does that even mean? So <laughs> what would you actually define as money mindset in your own terms? Money mindset to me is the beliefs and the conditioning that you have around money. So this is your perspective of not just money, but wealthy people as well. And it is your conditioning. So what that means is basically how were you raised around money? What were you taught? What did you see? What did you witness or hear growing up? Um, usually from your parents or in your home, your parental figures. And a lot of what our money conditioning, a lot of when our money conditioning forms, sorry, is between the ages of one to seven. So we're very much little kids, right? And so we're just kind of like sponges and we absorb everything that we see or hear. And we create these narratives or beliefs around that. Um, and that then guides our life. So money mindset is really just your beliefs ultimately and your, your energy around money. Um, and it's always important to look at, okay, well, how was I actually raised around money? What was I taught? What did I see? What did I hear? And what are the patterns that I'm having? So if, there, if there's like a consistent kind of pattern or um, like I mentioned, the feast and famine cycle that I go, I went through, if you're experiencing something like that, it's about, okay, well, what's the belief behind that, right? It's always, it's always coming back to the beliefs. So yeah, it's, it's one of these things that if you're new to it, it can be like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize <laughs> that mm -hmm. all of this was happening beneath the surface and all of it is subconscious. So that's important too. Money mindset is typically a subconscious thing. And then as we bring it to the, as we bring awareness to it and bring it to the surface, then we can consciously choose new beliefs to replace those scarcity beliefs that we might've been working from or living from. Got it. Okay. And then there were two other words. One was zone of genius, which I've heard so many times and I love it, but can you explain that for anyone who doesn't know what it means? Yeah, that's just the area that you are thriving in. I call it your purpose. It's the thing that you are meant to be doing in this life. It or the many things. I believe we're multi-passionate. <laughs> um, and it's typically something that comes natural to you, that you are thriving in, that you feel confident in. It's the thing that just is easy for you. Um, and so for me, it's money mindset. And yeah, and it's all about identifying that zone. It's like when you're in the zone, it's like something that maybe you're teaching on or coaching on or whatever it might be creating and you're just in the zone. That's how I know what someone's zone of genius is, is when time kind of like collapses and you're just in that flow. Right. That's something I figured out recently that a friend told me I had and she's like, Chelsea, it takes you 10 minutes to create that or do that. But for some people that would take days, like that's clearly your zone mm. of genius. And then it just clicked and it went to that whole, it actually started to bring up that whole belief of, well, I didn't work hard to do it, so I don't get to charge for it. Mm. So I definitely want to move into money blocks like that. That is a big one that I run into is I am not putting in 40 hours a week. The, the thing I'm talking about is a, a podcast promotional material that it takes me maximum an hour to do it. Mm. And my one friend was like, that would take me an entire day, if not longer. Mm. But because it only took me an hour there's some weird guilt I have around, well, I, I can't just be charging people for that. I should be doing it for less. Can we talk about that specific money block? Like I just didn't put in the hours. Yes, definitely. 
Well, I truly believe that as society, we get taught to trade hours for dollars, right? And when we think about money, we have to step out of these societal conditioning around money and actually come back firstly to what money really is. And this is really helpful. So money is purely just an energy and you and I are energy. Everything is energy, the chairs we're sitting on and money is just an energy. And actually when we think about how money comes to us, many of us have this belief that money is, you know, comes to us from the bank or comes to us from our boss or comes to us from our clients. They're just the portals for money to flow. And so this is how we start to kind of look at the bigger picture that money is actually universal energy. It's an infinite energy and resource. And all it is when you're receiving money is is there's an energetic exchange happening, right? And I think so often many of us have this belief that we have to work harder for money. That was one of mine too when I mentioned, you know, growing up with my parents, if they wanted to create more money, they went to work on like a Saturday, you know, like my mom would go into work and do extra hours or ask for a pay rise. So we're kind of down in this like lower level societal way of how money is, um, how we think money flows to us and comes to us, but actually we need to step back and see the bigger picture of it. And, you know, I truly believe that a lot of what happens with that specific belief around working harder for money is that there's this guilt that comes in when it's easy. And we feel guilty that other people are slogging away, right? Or like working, you know, 40, 80 hours a week, whatever it might be. I've heard some crazy stories about people just working, working, working. And so we think, oh, well, I'm not doing that. And who am I to receive in this easy way? And, you know, I think it's about really understanding that everybody is just living from their own money conditioning. Everybody is living from their own money mindset. And as much as possible, it's about remembering that if it's easy for you to celebrate that, right, the more abundance that you can receive from a space of ease, the more that you're able to show up in your life and to give back, to give high value to your community. I always say to my clients, we can't serve from scarcity in the way that we really intend to. And so I think ultimately it's about looking at that guilt aspect Um, a really big money belief is that if we are to receive more, we take from others, right? Because we think that money is limited or that it's coming from the bank or it's coming from these institutions when really it's an infinite resource. And so you can't actually take from anyone else the more that you receive. And actually the more that you receive when you are, you know, a purposeful, conscious being here to improve the planet, the more you receive, the more you can serve. You can actually circulate that money back into other people's lives. Maybe it's into your business, Chelsea, or into hiring a team or um, creating a program that's going to help your clients, whatever it looks like. So yeah, I think it's ultimately about when we look at these money blocks, it's about firstly understanding where did this come from? And usually it is the way that we were raised and just looking at the fact that, you know, maybe I'm living off my parents' beliefs. Maybe I'm living off my grandparents' beliefs. And if I were to choose again, if I were to reframe my money mindset, if I were to design my own life and take back control over my mindset and therefore take back control over what I'm manifesting into my life, what would I choose? 
And so one of the beliefs around this specific block could be that money gets to flow to me in a space of ease and flow, doing what I love, right? And so we're kind of stepping away from the trading hours for dollars and just coming back into the energy of money and the flow of money. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the common common beliefs that I see. And it's been one of my biggest ones too, to break through from. Yeah, it's very hard, especially I come from corporate America. We are mm. conditioned to be, you know, you put in the hours, you get in early, you stay late, you don't take your lunch break. You, if you can work on the weekends, you know, you need to have your phone on. And mm. I did that for so many years that it is very hard for me to all of a sudden just switch to a different mindset. And it mm. wasn't until I actually moved to Australia and started hanging out with a lot of entrepreneurs where we would go to a cafe and be, you know, working and we would work for three hours and my friends would be like, all right, we're done for the day. We're going to just go hit the beach. I was like, mm -hmm. what? Don't you have 10 more hours of work to do? Like we yeah. just got here three hours yeah. ago and they're like, no, no, no. Like I'm done for the day. Like I just finished three websites. I did all this stuff. And I'm exactly. like, what? And then I realized, oh, that was their zone of genius. That's why they can work three hours a day and then have a profitable, biz profitable business. But it took me mm. being around those people to see that. So I'm curious, mm. like the circle that you had when you started kind of stepping into abundance, did you notice like, wow, I have to shift who I hang out with, or I need to like get my friends up to speed on what's going mm -hmm. on here. I'm curious yeah. about that inner circle you had. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I had, um, I mean, I still have many of the same friends that are in that mindset still. And so I just made the decision. Well, I love these people. These are my dearest friends. I'm going to kind of pivot off and find a new circle while still having these beautiful relationships, right? So for me, it wasn't about um, trying to change anyone's mindset. For me, it was about I'm going to work on me and I'm going to find and expand my circle um, and find my new people, right? Um, and so for me, it's definitely been a journey of working with different mentors, signing up for masterminds. That's why I love when I bring a community of women together and maybe they've had that experience where they've come from corporate or it's like new to them and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know people even thought this way, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating, as you said, with your friends that just work the three hours, but those three hours and the amount of energy and value that they've contributed to the world in those three hours is probably more than someone that works four days straight not loving what they're doing and being in a space of resentment, right? So it's all about the energy and the purpose behind what you're doing. But, yeah, I definitely, with my circle, just expanded it. Um, and then, you know, since then I have stepped into my role as a leader and obviously now I create communities like that, which is really cool. And so I get to kind of pass that on to other people that, as I said, maybe are like, oh, I've never even been around people who think this way. Um, and yeah, and I think with my oldest friends, they're still there and I love them all dearly. And some of them have been curious, like, what are you doing? You know? And so I found a lot of people kind of doubted me on my journey as well. And that was a big struggle in terms of stepping into your purpose. I think all your zone of genius, often people can doubt you or think, oh, what crazy thing is she doing now? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. how is this going to work? And it's really about, again, that self-trust and, and trusting like, if this feels good for me, if this feels like an aligned thing. I'm going to do it and find your people that will support you in that. Super important. I really believe in 
you know, mentors, masterminds, even just like they don't have to be a paid thing, just a free community or just like even business buddies, you know, like having those having those soul sisters that you can connect with online. If you've found like uh, some of my best friends now, I've met them on Instagram, which is so funny, Mm, right? (laughs) And some of them I haven't even met in person. Like one of my dearest friends right now lives in LA and we're doing a um, course together this year and we've never even met in person, but she's like a soul sister to me. You just, it's so interesting when you come into these online communities that you can actually just find your people. And I think that's really cool that the internet also allows us to do that from so many different countries, you know? So yeah, right. definitely your inner circle is super important surrounding yourself with people that have an abundance mindset that are maybe doing the not normal thing in life, <laughs> even though it might seem normal to us, but to normal to society, it might seem crazy to be an entrepreneur and to, you know, follow your purpose. But yeah, be around as many people as those, as many as of those people that you can, and that will truly help you in, you know, in up leveling and stepping into everything. So. Absolutely. It's just a huge mind expander. When you go from Mm. hanging out with people that you all do the same thing, you all work the same job, same routine, same schedules to now hanging out with people that work three hours a day, but somehow are earning $10,000 in a week, your mind just switches to wait, that's possible. People are doing that. That's not a celebrity. That's not an influencer. Like this Mm. person is just working in their zone of genius. Once I started hanging out with those people and talking to more of those people, then it almost became like, yeah, Chelsea, that can be normal for you. That is Mm. a possibility. You just have to level up with that inner circle. And so, yeah, it is totally a a game changer when it comes to the people you surround yourself with and those money blocks. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And you said it like they are your expanders. And I think what you see in other people, that's the universe as well saying like, this is possible for you too. Absolutely. I'm curious um, about people that think, it's something you were saying earlier, how your business pivoted so many times. They think, well, what if I start this and nothing happens? Or what if I put all this work in and I don't make any money? I'm going to embarrass myself. Like, I'm curious about your early stages of business. What type of money were you making? And was there ever a point where you're like, uh, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. Let me just go back to a nine to five. Yes. I mean, I had, oh, I had many moments like that. And I think one of my biggest things when I think about my personal success has been just staying the course, like not giving up again, that self-trust of like, no, there's something in me that is just stay in it. Right. Um, I definitely had times where I even started writing up my resume and I couldn't, <laughs> I I knew that I was not destined to go back to a normal job when I couldn't put into words my skills and my zone of genius anymore. It was like, (laughs) no, this doesn't fit on paper, you know? Um, And yeah, definitely with the money piece. I mean, I was at one stage, you know, only making like a thousand, two thousand a month, sometimes less than that. And you know, struggling so much and just being like, oh my God, like the bills would come in and be like, I can't, I can't pay this, you know, racking up credit card debt, all of that. Um, and for me, again, it was about knowing like, sure, there might be a part of me that's like desperate to go back to a job, but what's, what if it does work out? And I kept asking myself that question, not what if I fail, but what if it all works out? And that's an abundance shift, right? You can either choose this scarcity mindset of what if I fail? What if I can't do this? 
What if no one buys from me? Or you can switch paths and you can say, what if it all works out? What would that look like? Who would I be on the other side of that? And so I started to identify as that version of me where everything has worked out. And I started to say, okay, well, how could I show up as her today through her beliefs? How can I borrow that future version of me, her beliefs, her actions? And I just started to do that as a daily practice. And I can tell you some days I, uh, some days it was really difficult to tune into that because I had so much fear. And when the money's not in the bank, it is, it is a conscious practice to choose abundance, right? Because I, I know I've been there where I've like got no money in the bank and it's like, well, how am I meant to think abundantly when I don't have the money? So one thing that really helped me that hopefully this inspires people listening is choosing abundance and looking for abundance outside of money because abundance is an energy. It's not just money. Abundance is actually a vibration, a frequency that we get to choose. And what I started doing was really tapping into that gratitude practice, right? Around what is abundant in my life, not out, not with money, but what's abundant outside of money. So my relationships, where am I grateful for my relationships, my health, um, the clients that I do have, the money that I do have, my apartment, you know, where I live, anything. I was just starting to really tune into all of that. And that helped me get through those times where I wanted to give it all up. And yeah, I just stayed the course. I just as much as possible stayed in it and did the inner work. The inner work is so important and that's what's really pulled me through. Yeah, you were actually featured in Forbes talking about something called your inner millionaire. Is that Mm. what you were just speaking about or is that something different? Yeah, similar to that. So I always recommend choosing a name or almost like a future self identity. So I have a program called Money Queen. So a lot of the women that go through that call it their inner money queen. I like to call it my millionaire self or my inner millionaire. It's that version of you when you think about your future and the life that you're here to create and when you start to visualize and imagine what what could be possible for you, that version of you, what would you call her, right? So it could be like Chelsea 2.0 even or like something fun, like just Mm -hmm. play around with it, right? Abundant, uh, my abundant self, whatever it might be. And so that um, meditation that was featured in Forbes and that process is is the same thing. It's about identifying with that future version of you and then working from that space energetically, right? Because we can always show up as that version of us through our beliefs, through the actions that we take, through the energy that we bring to the world. And it's really this daily practice that I work on every single day still to this day and with the clients that I work with in coming back in and choosing to show up as that version of you. Um, and it really, it's this beautiful manifestation technique, right? Because you're actually calling that version of you into the present time, into the now, and deciding that if you were already there, how would you choose to believe? What would you choose to take action on today, right? If you already had the money in the bank, how would you be showing up in your business? probably from a space of peacefulness and calmness and excitement about the work that you're doing. And you'd be selling and sharing your work and giving value and not from a space of, oh, will anyone buy it, right? Because that version of you does not have time and doesn't doesn't live in that mindset of scarcity. So it's a really powerful tool to use. And I recommend everyone, you know, use, use that, um, that tool as a daily decision and identify, you know, what, what am I going to call her or him? Um, and then how does she or he think 
feel, show up, take action on? What is she not available for? What are they focusing on? What do they give their time to? There's so many things we can go into with it. Um, but it's really about embodying that version of you and, and showing up as them. Absolutely. I had a friend on recently, Michaela, who said the same thing. And it, and it wasn't, like you said, just about money. It's not just waking up and looking for money every day. It was literally to the point of, if I were a millionaire, what would I be doing today with my own space? Like I probably would not have my unmade bed wearing, um, you know, shit on the floor. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I probably would treat my space a little bit better Mm. because I would have money to take care of it more, more easily. And so when she said that, I was like, wow, yeah, I have a random banana that's like browning on my stand. My (laughs) shoes are everywhere. Like this does not look like a millionaire's room. And that really changed the game where I was like, yeah, if I had the money Mm. in the bank, it's acting as if if that money was in the bank, what would my day look like? And that really shifted a lot. So that was super helpful. Yeah, I love that. I really believe in like decluttering as well, like our physical environment. Because as you start to declutter your mindset of scarcity beliefs or fears, decluttering your physical environment is really powerful too because again everything's energy right so if you've got clutter or like the banana or whatever it might be (laughs) i've been there too don't worry (laughs) like if you've got stuff like that and it's not making you feel abundant in your space then guess what your vibration and energy is not feeling abundant either and actually cleansing your house is like incredible i some of my clients like go on a decluttering spree and like clean out their closet and then in like money starts to flow into their business right like the next day mm-hmm. or like instantly because it's an energetic thing you're actually saying to the universe hey i've created space over here because i'm ready to up level now i'm not going to clutter my life with stuff that makes me feel crappy or scar- in the scarcity mindset i'm actually going to take respect and to have more intention with what I surround myself with and that's not saying that you know a millionaire space needs to be like a mansion or anything like that like it's whatever makes you feel good it's what makes you feel in that high vibration um and yeah it's really powerful so a really great practical thing for anyone listening is to go and like choose one area of your home and actually declutter it one of the things that I love to start with is actually a wallet because when we talk about money that's that really represents money right your wallet or your purse So clear out old receipts, throw out old cards that you don't use. I keep cash in there that I never spend just to represent that I've always got enough. Um, Put a crystal in there, whatever feels good. So that could be a really great exercise too. I love that. I'm curious about a money block that I have. I don't even know Mm. if it's a money block or money action that is making money and then blowing it. And it's, mm. it's not necessarily feast or famine. It's like, no, I have mm. the money and then I'll just find a way to blow it. What mm-hmm. does that mean? <laughs> yeah, it's usually an uncomfortableness with having money. And what, what I would love people to dive into around that is always asking yourself, like, where do I resist receiving money? Why would I not want it, right? Like that question is so important. Why would I not want more money? Why would I not want to be rich? Because often what's happening is there's something subconsciously where we think that money is going to change us or change our life in a negative way. So when we receive it then in, there's something going on internally around like, this feels uncomfortable. This means that maybe I'm going to change who I am. So this was one of my money blocks early on. Like if I make more money, it's going to change me. I'm going to be like, 
seen in an evil way or people will think I'm greedy or I'll become mm-hmm. greedy, right? And me being like this kind-hearted, nurturing person, I was like, I don't want to be a greedy person. Why would I Why would I want that? So for a long time, I resisted that money. And when it did come to me, I would blow it too. Um, and so I think that it's about exploring, like, why does it feel uncomfortable? Um, and, you know, some other ones that come through is that we think that having more money means sacrifice, like that we're going to have to work harder. That's the one we spoke about before that it means sacrifice. Like, okay, well, if I make more money, I'm going to be judged by people. Um, people will see me in a different way. I'll lose friendships or loved ones over it. I'll have less time for doing what I love. I'll be busier. Right. Um, oh, there's mm-hmm. so many, there's so many, you can start to like really unpack yeah. it. <laughs> it's like an onion. It's like layer, layer, layer of just stuff that comes out. So I think if you're struggling with that, it's about firstly saying, okay, well, what is the resistance here to having money? If I suddenly had, you know, $100,000 in the bank just turn up, would I just immediately be like, oh, not uncomfortable and want to spend it and why? And, And really diving into that because it's usually just something from childhood that we feel uncomfortable. There's either the way that we're going to now be perceived in life maybe makes us feel uncomfortable. Maybe our friends will not want to hang around us because, oh, she's rich now. She's too good for us. You know, I used to have all these beliefs going on internally. So I've definitely gone through them all myself. Um, Yeah, but it's definitely like, why would I not want to be rich? That's one of the most important questions you can ask yourself. Why would I not want to? What makes me feel unsafe or uncomfortable about it? Everything you just said is something that I've thought in the last six plus months of my, you know, my life will change, but for the worse Mm -hmm. people back home won't want to talk to me anymore. People are going to think I'm different. I'm greedy. And it wasn't until I started being more intentional with looking at my money in a different way that I started to shift those beliefs. And one of the biggest ones have been journaling and what I would do with that money. So like you said, the a hundred thousand dollars just shows up in your bank account. What would I do? It was exactly what you said of like investing back into myself. I would probably Mm. hire a team. I would pay off my credit card debt. I would pay off Mm. student loans. I would buy my family gifts. And then once I started writing that out, I was like, oh, you know exactly what you would do with your money. And it's all good things. Like point to one of these things that makes you greedy or bitchy or selfish or different. Like none of these would make you any of those things. So Mm -hmm. I want to dive into the tools we can use to get over our money blocks. Can we walk through some of the ones that you find most powerful? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Well, you mentioned my favorite journaling. (laughs) (laughs) I love journaling. It's probably the number one thing I do. And I think when it comes to journaling, it's about asking yourself those questions. And some of them I've shared, you know, in terms of why would I not want it? Why would I not want wealth? Where do I think it's going to change me? Um, Actually on that money only amplifies more of who we really are, right? So if you are inherently a loving, passionate, purposeful, kind-hearted person. Money only amplifies that. It makes you more of that, which is really cool. Um, and so I think it's definitely journaling is my number one. And, and that means, you know, grabbing out your journal, you can have a physical journal, paper journal, if you like. You can also write it into, a, you know, a Google Doc or whatever. I kind of use a mixture depending on the day and what I feel like. Sometimes I even just speak um, things and record it on my iPhone just to kind of get it out. Um mm-hmm. So definitely like using those questions to guide you, like even the basic starting point is what was I taught about money growing up? What did I see 
in my household around money growing up? What did I hear in my household around money growing up? Just start there. Um, any money memories that you remember specifically around maybe seeing your parents fight over a bill or your dad having to go to work and he was never home because he was working, working, working. Like anything around money that you can identify from childhood, write down the memory, write down as much as possible that comes through. Um, I always share that when I first did this, I think I wrote like 25 pages or something (laughs) in my journal. It was just an outpour. It's very cathartic and very healing. Um, So journaling is the number one thing that I would recommend. And then I love um, definitely affirmation work, right? So when we talk about an abundance mindset and changing your life around money, it, it all comes back to your beliefs. And that means consciously choosing the new beliefs that you want to direct your life moving forward. So if the old narrative has been that it's hard, you know, to make money or that I have to work harder to make money, what would you choose instead that I get to make money doing what I love, that it gets to feel fun, flow-based, easy? If that's the new belief, then using affirmations like that to anchor it in. And one of the best tools that you can do around that is something that I call money moments. And this is really just about identifying like what are the normal kind of human things that you do throughout the day that are just like just so easy that you just don't even have to think about doing them. So it's probably something like brushing your teeth, getting dressed, having a shower, all these just kind of basic human things. What we want to do is take those things throughout the day and call it your money moment. So you can use that time instead of just thinking about your to-do list or that argument you just had with your boyfriend or whatever's going on. You use that time instead to work on your money mantras and affirmations so whenever I'm getting dressed in the morning or doing my makeup and you know I've got like 10 minutes to stand in front of the mirror internally I'm just thinking about my money affirmations or my intentions and not just money but my self-worth and choosing to love myself and and just like giving myself a pep talk right and so this is doing that consistently throughout the day is the most powerful way to reprogram your subconscious mind in a consistent manner because what happens is we can set out to choose an abundance mindset, but we might do it in the morning. And then by 3 p.m., you've had like a crazy day and it's like the last thing that you want to think about. So you need to pair it with something that you know you're going to do and create a new habit around it. So that's really important. Um, I also love on that reprogramming of your subconscious, definitely things like hypnosis, meditations. Um, I love visualizations. I actually create a lot for my community in terms of like walking you through a guided visualization around money and abundance. They're really powerful. Anything that you can do to start to feel into the most abundant version of you and start to visualize your life from an abundance perspective is really powerful for your mindset. Um, Your subconscious mind just accepts what we tell it. It doesn't have a filter. So it's always just accepting what we tell it as truth. So you get to say, okay, well, that's not my truth anymore. This is my new truth. And the more consistent you can be with programming that in, um, the better, right? The more that you'll actually change your mindset. Um, what else? I love also EFT tapping. I don't know if you've heard of that or whether people listening have heard of that. Yeah. So it's to explain it, it's emotional freedom technique. All it is, is tapping on different acupressure points on your body. And what it does is it actually calms down the nervous system around our beliefs and our fears. And you can use it to clear your energy pathways in your body. Um, but primarily you want to like calm down that nervous system because what happens is 
say there's no money in the bank account and then you suddenly go on this tangent of I don't have any money, I, like, I'm in struggle, I'm in survival mode, right, and that fear starts to heighten, that really heightens that nervous system and that can create this like an energy flow that's just really negative for your mindset and for your body. And so tapping on different acupressure points actually releases it. Um, so that's a really powerful thing. I create a lot of those videos for my community too, because I really think it's, it's really powerful and effective. Um, yeah, so I think they're, they're pretty much my favorites <laughs> at the moment. I'm always like exploring new things, but, um, journaling is a huge one. I recommend doing that in some way each day, not just around money, but around your worth, around who you are, around your conditioning in general, right? As you start to look at your money mindset, you'll start to realize your mindset in other areas of your life as well. Uh, hypnosis and meditations and EFT tapping and those money moments as well. So your affirmations and your mantras. Yeah. So there are a few of the tools to get started. There's clearly value in working with coaches like you who just gave, you know, so many tips, but also accountability and being able to have a support system. But something I run into a lot, and I ran into this myself, is you go to look into a coach and to invest, and it's a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, up to ten thousand dollars. There are some people that will look at that and just say, There's no way I can afford that. I don't have a credit card to put it on, or I'm already in credit card debt. I racked it up. I don't physically have the cash to invest in that. Mm. Or I have way bigger, you know, quote unquote fish to fry. I have a car payment, I have a mortgage, I have rent, I have bills. What would you suggest to someone who really wants to invest in a coach, but just cannot afford it? Mm. I always love to remind people to look at the return on investment, right? I believe that investing in you is the biggest return on investment you'll ever make because you're your number one priority in life. You're your number one strategy for success, right? Like the more that we actually work on ourselves, that's the key to up-leveling out the rest of our life. And so I think ultimately, I mean, everyone's situations are so different. So there's not really like a black or white answer to it. What I would get people to do though, is to just come back in to trusting their intuition and their soul. And like, if that is an aligned thing, if there's something in you that just says yes, to commit to it and then figure out, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Right. So I know that every single time that I've done something like that, there's a, there's fear there, right. Definitely in terms of like, this feels like a big investment, but if I just deeply know that it's the thing that will give me that return and up level me to that next level, then what can I do straight away to take some aligned action? Right. So for me in my business, it's like, right, I'm going to invest in that mentor straight away without like focusing, sorry, without like attaching any kind of negative emotion to it or like stressful emotion to it. It's like, what can I do from a really inspired aligned space to create wealth right now, to actually give value back to my community, to back up this investment or this commitment that I've just made. So for me, it's always just a a really practical thing of saying, okay, well, if I know that this is an aligned decision, I'm going to do it and I'm going to make it happen then what am I called to do now so that I can start to circulate this money? So for me, it's usually like, right, straight away, I'm going to create something and sell and give value to my community, invite people to work with me and just create that circulation, right? I just trust as well. This is a bigger thing, trusting that if it's meant for me, it's going to work out. Um, I know that I've definitely put things on credit card and things like that. I never, ever make that recommendation for anyone because I want people to find the right path for them. And I think that 
again, it's about self-trust, right? Like even listening to me now, it's like, okay, well, I could give you advice, but always coming back into, does that feel good for me? And I think ultimately it's about knowing if I made this investment, what do I know is the return on that investment versus maybe spending my money over here in something that doesn't feel expansive to me? Um, and just trusting, trusting and committing. And then what is the next aligned action that I can take to step into this up level? I love that. So then what is one of your favorite client stories about someone that's invested in one of your programs? Yeah. Well, I had an amazing client last year that came to me and she was probably making, I think it was about two, 3000 a month. Um, and I could just see this magic in her. I was like, when we started working together, I was like, wow, you're, you really have so much value and you're so incredible at what you do, but she just wasn't owning it. Right. So that's a big part of the money piece as well is when we're just not owning our zone of genius, our magic, our value. And so therefore our energy when we're showing up is disconnected. Like our community don't believe in us if we don't believe in us. And so I worked with her really intensely for about a month and the next month she had a $20,000 a month. So it was like this huge up level. Um, And that was because the things that we did on a practical level, besides the money mindset work, which is really the most important part of it was looking at her. Why does she not feel confident in her value? Why is she charging so little for this incredible program that she wanted to sell? And then what would it look like in her business if she just broke the rules of how to sell that and do it in a way that felt really good for her? So again, it's about this energetic shift that happens on a practical level and also internally when we make these kind of quantum leaps, you could call it into like the next level of income. For me, what I saw in her was really just a shift of owning who she was and actually saying, okay, I'm going to sell and package my program and deliver it in a way that feels good. Because I think what I see as well in the online world is people following the rules of what we think we should do around selling, around the way that we show up or the way that we deliver things. So just unpacking all of that and doing business in a way that feels really good. Um, and for her, it was just this really quick kind of like a lot of action at once, um, a lot of energetic momentum, I call it, is a more like aligned action you're taking. You're signaling to the universe, like I'm ready, I'm ready to go to that next level. Um, and when, of course, we did the money mindset work around it. And yeah, it was just her breaking the rules and doing things in a way that felt aligned for her. And what I saw was a big part of it was she actually came back into her why and why she's excited about her work and why it's of massive value and why she's of massive service to the world and understanding that as she up levels, she's going to be able to be of even more service to the world. So she had a lot of these beliefs around, you know, who am I to charge this much or, um, you know, am I even valuable, right? Like, is my work good enough? And all of that kind of imposter syndrome that we're talking about earlier. So yeah, it was definitely one of the cooler ones I've seen in terms of how quickly it happened. Um, But yeah, I've had, I've had so many fun stories with clients and it's really powerful to see that when we do the money mindset work, it's not just about the money. It's actually, it's so holistic. And this is why in my work, I talk about abundance and wealth on every level because actually your whole life changes (laughs) and, you know, you start to look at your money mindset, but then maybe your relationships change or something falls out of your life that was toxic or not in alignment with the vision that you're stepping into. So it's really powerful. 
That is the biggest truth ever. Like the money mindset shift isn't just about the money. It's like how Mm. you show up in the world, how you treat other people, how you carry yourself. Like that's Mm. something I'm learning is it's not just about getting a better job or charging more. It's like that whole why. And Mm. once you figure that out, yeah, it is hard to be like, wait, why would I only charge 10 bucks for that program or $50 to work with me? Like you have this whole energetic shift where you're like, yeah, I need to feel nourished because I just Mm -hmm. carry myself in a different way now. So I'm so happy you touched on that. Yeah, absolutely. My, My final question is what is the number one trait that you see most in abundant people? It's definitely their mindset. It's definitely their mindset. It's the way that they view things, the way they think about things from an abundance perspective. Um, Looking at things, like I said before, instead of saying like, what if I fail or what if it all works out, right? You just feel the energy of those two things are completely different. And so, yeah, it's, it's the mindset, right? It's the beliefs. And that's why the inner work is so important, not just with money, but your whole life. And it is holistic and it's really powerful the more that you start to take back control over that mindset and start to choose those abundance beliefs. Absolutely. Well, Jenna, this has been so helpful. I'm going to be listening mm-hmm. to my own podcast to get tips <laughs> from you because like I said, I'm working on money blocks. They're not overnight. I think that's something to make clear to the mm, audience. This isn't absolutely. just like journal once and all of it goes away. This is like months and months of work that I've been doing. So mm-hmm. if someone wants to actually work with you, how can they get in touch and what are some of the things that you're offering? Yeah, definitely. So they can come and visit me at my website. I've just changed websites actually to jennablack.co. I'm always on Instagram at jennablack.official. So come and send me a message if you listen to this. I'd love to hear. And I also have a signature money mindset course called Money Queen that's about to open up its doors soon in May. Um, And yeah, that's, that's really the starting point I would recommend for people that want to work with me in this format. Um, It's incredible. It's a five week program, but it also then turns into a community and a mastermind. So we do monthly calls in there. So yeah, you pay once and then you get the access for life in that program. So that's really cool. But yeah, definitely come and chat with me on Instagram. If you go to my website, jennablack.co, there's lots of freebies as well. There's a free wealth meditation. There's a morning activation audio that I have. I love to give lots of good value. So come and check it out. Love that. I really appreciate that when people like you provide that value because it's just a glimpse of what working with you one-on-one would look like. So Mm. it's so helpful to have that content. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Jenna. I know this is going to help so many people. Thank you so much. It's been a great chat and I really appreciate you having me on. I hope this episode was just as valuable for you guys as it was for me. This is one that I will go back and listen to like two times on my own because there are so many different tidbits of information that I can apply. I think something that I'm really starting to lean into are two things actually is that my abundance helps others abundance. So if I'm more abundant, I can help more people, right? If I make more money, that's more money that I can impact people. That's more money that I can give back to charity. That's more money that I can elevate what I'm doing and scale it. That's something that I'm just starting to realize. And the second one is just money amplifying who you are. So if you were an asshole before and you have money, yeah, now you're going to be a bigger asshole. If you were the nicest person before, you'll probably be even nicer because now you have more money to do that with. 
that's something that really just clicked for me too. So I would love to hear what money blocks you guys have and what has been helpful. And if there's any tips or tricks that you've tried out, because again, this is something I'm going through right now. I'm slowly but surely working on it. So I would love to hear what's worked for you guys. Shoot me a DM at nonexpertopinionpod. You can follow the podcast there. You can also hit up inmynonexpertopinion.com or shoot an email to hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com. I hope you guys found a lot of value in Jenna's conversation with me. Be sure to follow her because she posts a lot of really great IGTVs and a lot of really simple things to do to break these blocks. So go apply those. Let's make that money. And I will see you guys next week. 